and welcome back to this podcast series called uh, The Alphabet of the Heart. My name is James Kirby and I'm joined as always by Dr. James R. Doty and welcome to this podcast. Great to be with you again, James. And here we are up to podcast number 11 in this series. So we're really coming to the end actually. And so if you haven't listened to any of the previous podcasts, they're all available online. So do feel free to go and access them either through the Compassion uh, CCARE website, uh, which stands for uh, the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education, or you can download it, the podcast series through iTunes, SoundCloud, or jamesrdodymd.com and intothemagicshop.com. So last week we discussed kindness and today uh, we really build off kindness really and start to focus on perhaps one of the most important uh, qualities within the whole alphabet of the heart, which is love. So Dr. Doty uh, created this mnemonic, The Alphabet of the Heart, and it was a part of his best-selling book, Into the Magic Shop, which was, which was released this year. Uh, Dr. Doty is the director of CCARE. He's also a clinical professor of neurosurgery at Stanford University. So, Dr. Doty, these podcasts always have three aspects to them. We first start with discussing why uh, that attribute was included, the research and science around it, and then some practical tips. So, what made you decide to include L, and what is love exactly? Um, well, the reason uh, to include L, I think, is uh, that word um, really characterizes... Um, in many ways, the totality of uh, this conversation, uh, beginning with the very first podcast, because every one of those letters, um, when pr- practiced with intention, actually promotes uh, love. And whether it's um, love to um, one you care deeply about, uh, love to a neutral individual, and even... Uh, trying to give love to someone whom you feel uh, anger or hostility towards and uh, being able to forgive them and still embrace them and recognize their humanity. And for many people, these are uh, sometimes difficult tasks, especially to those who they may have uh, negative feelings towards. But what's extraordinary and the reason that this idea of love has been really present uh, uh since humans were able to communicate themselves, is that communicate uh, between themselves, um, is that uh, it's love what is the glue that holds everything together about who we are as human beings. It's love that's allowed our species to survive, and it's love that's actually uh, going to allow our species to survive in the future. And when one recognizes the power of love, and over the last many decades, um, the science behind love has become more prominent, and uh, how the body responds uh, when love is interpreted in the brain, it has huge, huge uh, positive physiologic effects. And so that's why, of course, it's included. In fact, when I give this talk about the alphabet of the heart, I go through the letters and I say, uh, and what contains them all is love. And really, uh, I believe that's uh, the truth of Mm. this uh, practice. So Dr. Doty, I mean, I can't help but think, you know, um, given your life story, which is uh, uh, sort of uh, part of the key aspect of the book, um, 
you know, the upbringing was so tough. Um, you know, y- your mum and dad often um, perhaps weren't as available as one would hope uh, from a parent. It seems like those conditions aren't necessarily conducive to love being ever-present. So how did that, you know, really start to evolve for you in your life? How did it start to manifest itself in ways where you started to feel that sense of love? Well, oftentimes what happens to people in difficult circumstances is that um, they attribute the situation uh, to... Uh, oftentimes negative feelings about themselves that somehow they don't deserve to be loved or the reason the situation has happened is because there's some defect or uh, negative aspect of themselves that limits the ability uh, or desire for others to give love to them. And unfortunately, for most people, that's actually an untrue, artificially created narrative. Uh, Because remember... These types of situations don't have any power until you give them power. So when you attach this sort of negative attribute, let's say, to someone not caring about you or your perception that someone may not care about you, then it creates uh, sometimes a false narrative that uh, actually um, aggravates the situation. So in my own situation, uh, and one of the things I talk about is a central part of the book is this relationship I developed with this woman in a magic shop. And I actually uh, thought that uh, the reason uh, I was unhappy and uh, um, felt oftentimes that I wasn't given enough attention or uh, was being ignored was because there was a defect in myself or um, something about me. And the wonderful gift that Ruth gave me was this insight into... Uh, my parents were struggling with their own issues. It wasn't about me at all. They had suffered in their own ways. Uh, as we've talked about, my father was an alcoholic. My mother had uh, had a stroke and was chronically depressed, had attempted suicide. And um, many people say that your actions of today are a reflection of what's happened to you in the past, and certainly I'm sure that was the case with them. They had had difficult situations and were manifesting the... Uh, unhealed wounds um, through their actions that were causing each of them so much pain. And uh, the gift that Ruth gave me was this insight or this different view or perception of my situation. And when I realized that it was not about me and that they were struggling in their own way, uh, it allowed me to give them love unconditionally and not necessarily... Uh, expect the situation to change. Uh, That being said, when you give a person love unconditionally, when you don't have conditions on that love, when you're not harboring uh, negative feelings in the context of that relationship, it actually oftentimes has a significant impact on the other person. Uh, Because again, people who are acting, if you will, negatively, uh, because of their own suffering, you know, they're waiting themselves to be negatively responded to because oftentimes they don't feel they deserve love. And when you're able to be present with them and not judge them and just accept uh, the reality of the situation and be present and just give love, really it can change the dynamic. And as I talk about in my book, my personal situation following the experience I had with this woman named Ruth did not change. 
but how I interacted in the world changed. And as a result, it changed how the world interacted with me. Mm, absolutely. And often that's the case we always talk about in clinical psychology as well. It's often how we work with ourselves can then have that bidirectional influence on those interactions with others. So let's move into the second part now, which really starts to focus on some of the science and research. And so, I mean, we've already sort of talked a little bit about some of that. Um, but when we look at love um, in particular, we kind of start to view it as this sense of, you know, uh, starting to look at the needs and desires of others, you know, as being so critically important. And we start to have that sense of attachment or affection with that other person and recognize uh, their value, as it were. And we've noticed that within the science, at least, that love has many different benefits, such as expressing and receiving gratitude towards a loved one so we can see the interconnectedness again with the other qualities uh, that we've spoken about across this uh, podcast. It can also uh, re- uh, lead to increases in pro-social behaviours, particularly trust, for example, and also affection. And people who feel uh, a sense of love and having received love are also more at peace so have more of that equanimity, I suppose, that we were talking about earlier. And also reported that the fact that they felt more understood and validated and more cared for. In many ways, what that does, it, it, it provides the conditions to allow ourselves to feel like we belong. And we've talked a lot about um, the evolutionary history um, of our species and the need to belong being so paramount um, to us uh, surviving and and feeling part of a group and how it's connected to social um, interactions with others. So love is is so critically key in that regard. And often in therapy, when we're working with, uh, you know, individuals really suffering with depression, there can often be this deep belief uh, that they're, they are unlovable, you know, that they, they are worthless. And I mean, that is just devastating. So in therapy, regardless of the approach, often one of the core elements is the relationship between client and therapist. And Carl Rogers actually did a lot of work at first bringing a lot of this in um, to our understanding of therapy and about having a relationship that's built, about, built upon validating the experience of the other person, having an unconditional positive regard, empathy and genuine interest and sincerity in what is going on for that particular individual. And these are attributes which can outside of a therapeutic relationship of course be the true elements uh, that characterize a loving belonging relationship with another so therapy very much focuses in on developing that safe relationship and uh, you know it's a key emphasis in a lot of therapies and in particular compassion focused therapy where it's really starting to be able to experience those affiliative warm emotions not only giving them but also being open to receiving them which is really quite key I uh, know you're absolutely correct, and uh, <clears throat> again, uh, uh, it's interesting. Uh, Darwin. Many people say that uh, uh, it's survival of the most ruthless, mm-hmm. and that this was something that Darwin uh, made the central portion of his uh, um, book on uh, evolution. <clears throat> but in fact, he never said that. And uh, what he did, in fact, say it's. Uh, the survival of the most sympathetic, meaning uh, uh, those who are uh, caring, loving, nurturing. And a variety of studies have now shown that while on the short term, ruthlessness uh, can benefit an individual, uh, on the long term, uh, cooperation, giving of love, affection, uh, having care and concern and nurturing 
are critically important to the long-term survival of a species. And certainly, uh, on an individual level, it's uh, critically important to our uh, long-term physical and mental health. And I think one of the things that you mentioned there is is one of the key aspects to every element of uh, the alphabet of the heart is taking the long-term approach. I mean, often, you know, some of the blockers to engaging with some of these practices can be the immediate, but it might not make that much of a difference immediately. And it's like, well, okay, it might not change your whole entire well-being in that exact moment, but it's the additive effect, the continuation, and not knowing that perhaps in the long term it can really have quite a profound impact on that person's life, much as it did yours. No, no, uh, absolutely. And uh, um, I think that insight is, is very important that oftentimes, especially in the modern world, we feel that there should be an instantaneous result. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have the ability to go on the Internet and find out uh, answers to questions immediately. We have the ability to order things which arrive tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the nature of the issues that we're talking about, which are fundamentally the gaining of insight, and um, of ourselves and, if you will, the true nature of reality, they don't come to many people overnight. They're oftentimes a decades-long experience, and that experience is not, uh, if you're thinking about a path, it's not a straight path. It's not level. It has hills and valleys and ups and downs, uh, detours, changes of seasons, um, and a whole variety of things. But the totality of following the path, if you will, is that slowly, while beginning the path, you may feel as if you're wear or carrying a, a backpack weighing 100 pounds. As you continue further on the path, you find that that backpack, which is the baggage that all of us carry, gets lighter and lighter until suddenly you realize that you are becoming weightless and have this incredible sense of freedom. And this is really when you're alive, when you uh, have insights into the truths that have been expressed and learned over thousands of years, and when you incorporate those truths into who you are. And this is not to say that you become a perfect being, that you don't continue to have struggles, But again, you're looking at yourself in the totality of the universe and uh, where you are in the universe and the glue that holds the universe together, um, I would submit to you, is love. On that, I can't help but but think and also want to ask... you know, just on our, you know, opportunities to discuss these uh, qualities together, um, you know, I can't help but think of in the medical field, for example, there can often be this really sterile impression, you know, you're in a sterile uh, theatre room, you know, you, there's clear specific ways one operates or needs to fix the problem, so to speak. So how does love fit into all of that? And I can't help but think of you walking around the corridors like a Dr. Patch Adams, <laughs> so, so, so to speak. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, you know, how that gets integrated within to medical care. Sure. Well, and, you know, uh, Patch Adams has, uh, for many people, uh, been an uh, incredible example of uh, bringing love and concern to the medical field. And it's had a, he's had a significant impact. 
And I think that uh, as a physician, while the type of job that I do can be extraordinarily stressful, and it is, in fact, life and death, uh, all each of us can do is the best we can. Mm -hmm. And putting an unreasonable burden of perfection on yourself does not benefit you. Uh, Being present, understanding that the person under your care is a human being, they're not a diagnosis, that uh, the very nature of being in the medical care system or having an illness creates an immense amount of anxiety and suffering, uh, not only for them, but for their families. The interaction that I may have with them may be the most important one, frankly, in their lives. And that insight uh, uh, allows me to respect the privilege I've given, been given as a physician or a neurosurgeon, and uh, hopefully creates the environment where I can express to them or they sense that I have this love for them and that my intention or motivation is pure, if you will, because my only concern is helping them. Mm. I thank you very much for that. And I think that also gives a demonstration of how we can start to bring this quality into our daily lives, which is, of course, the third part of these podcast series. So perhaps, you know, some of the you know key elements that Dr. Doty was talking about in order to allow love to facilitate is the slowing down again, the recognition of the other, and also engaging in that empathic process has been, you know, absolutely key to allow this to facilitate. I think also... One of the other components of it is, you know, love for many will be a, a personal attribute. And we're talking about love, not just in a romantic sense, of course. You know, we're talking about love as being the connection with others. Um, and that can take various forms. Uh, and, and, you know, the love you have for a colleague, the love you have for a friend, or just the human being or the animal or the environment that, that in which we live um, is all for has different expressions, if, if you will. And it's important that we can, can show that in different ways as well. So whether it be through a hug, whether it be through a handshake, or just even eye contact, it's that sense of attention and affection and that intention that you do connect and care for that other person's well-being. It's that sense of appreciation, uh, perhaps gratitude that we talked about previously. And, um, you know, people ask me oftentimes what it's like to be around, as an example, the Dalai Lama or uh, Amma or uh, Thich Nhat Hanh or Desmond Tutu, who are some of the most really profound uh, spiritual religious leaders um, living. Uh, And uh, what I tell them is that the attribute that each of these individuals demonstrates is uh, a sense that when you're in their presence, they, first of all, are present, and they're embracing you with unconditional love. And we talked about this pers- uh, this uh, shield that many of us self-create to show our best selves. Um, and uh, when you're in their presence, you don't need that. And it drops immediately away, and you appreciate the amount of psychic energy that you've needed to maintain that images of perfection and when you're in the presence of these types of individuals, that melts away, and you can just be with yourself and love yourself and accept their love. And it's really uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary uh, feeling. And it's one that each of us should try to sit with, and we can do this by just being in a quiet environment and think of that person in our lives 
uh, usually maybe your mother or a family member, uh, who has loved you unconditionally, embraced you, and just close your eyes and sit um, with that feeling. And when you sit with that feeling and, and feel the experience of that and, and how those types of feelings really make you feel just so light, so happy, so joyous, and so grateful. And then as you come out of that, think of how you have the ability to give that to another person. And each of us does have that ability. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it doesn't take time and insight and thought. Mm. But each of us does, in fact, have that ability. And when we're able to give that to somebody, give it to another, it is not only profound for them, but it's profound for us. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, in, in just a little bit of research, I'll, I'll quickly mention um, in residential care, they're starting to bring pets into residential care uh, because uh, they notice just the immense positive impact it has on the residents. And, you know, some of these are very, very old residents. And then the dogs that come in, for example, and the love and affection they show towards the residents um, is just so powerful for them. And it's that sense of, again, acceptance. Um, complete acceptance, if you will, and that complete unconditional love which just is fostered between that animal and the person. It's really quite beautiful to watch. So that wraps up uh, the final uh, letter uh, podcast. And, uh, and just reflecting on a couple of tips, as Dr. Dodi was talking about, you might like to engage in the intention in the morning or also uh, reflecting on perhaps a person where you've experienced uh, that loving relationship with. You might like to have a physical reminder or engage in perhaps some acts of generos- generosity or perhaps show the affection. Perhaps for a person that you do feel that sense of love for, show it. Um, in a way that perhaps you don't often do, perhaps engage in that hug that you've always been resistant towards and also towards yourself. So that wraps it up. Well, let me just uh, mention a couple areas because I don't think we spent really hardly any time on the research, but just to uh, give people a couple resources. Um, Stephen Post, uh, PhD, uh, uh, he actually... uh, founded and directs a center called um, the Institute for Research on Unlimited Love. And it really goes through the power of uh, love. Uh, and it's a, his website is it's quite wonderful, and it's easy to access if you do a Google search. Also, there's a book um, called The Natural History, or A Natural History of Love by uh, Diane Ackerman, uh, which also... It goes over not only the philosophical uh, basis and the centrality of love and the development of society, but uh, the science as well. And then there's actually a wonderful paper by a um, student uh, who uh, wrote it as a result of her um, uh, requirement for a senior thesis while she was at the University of Rhode Island. Her name's Heather Chapman. And it's called Love, a Biological, Psychological, and Philosophical Study. And it's really a wonderful paper that also gives uh, some insights into uh, the importance of love. And uh, this can be found at Digital uh, Commons at URI if you search her name, Heather Chapman. So again, James, thank you so much and uh, always a joy. And uh, I think hopefully we've indicated to our listeners uh, how really it is love that contains all the other letters of the alphabet and really sets the stage uh, for our final podcast. Thank you again, James. Thank you.